Hey everyone, this is James Labrie from Dream Theater, and you're listening to Prog Rock Digital. Welcome to Prog Rock Digital. Hi everyone and welcome back to another episode of Prog Rock Digital. This is episode 6 of season 3. Thank you very much for downloading and streaming. Thank you for visiting progrockdigital.com and please keep those emails coming through. Now, today I'm chatting with Ray Balderrama. That's right, Ray Alder, singer in Fate's Warning, formerly of Redemption, singer currently in A through Z. And we're chatting about the current and most recent project, it's the Figure of Speechless album, and, you know, interesting conversation. It was recorded a couple of weeks back, uh, just prior to the uh, album release, so, uh, you know, it, it may seem somewhat um, delayed, but, uh, you know, enjoy. The man behind some of the most iconic pieces of art connected to some of the biggest names in rock... Ioannis, originally from Athens, Greece, in the last 36 years has created over 300 record covers for such clients as King Crimson, Fate's Warning, Uriah Heap, Allman Brothers, Blue Oyster Cult, Leonard Skinner, Ingve Malmsteen, Deep Purple, Styx, just to name a few. Be sure to connect with Ioannis at www.dangerousage.com. Coming July 30th, the re-release of Amarin's Plight, Voice in the Light, featuring Gary Workamp, DC Cooper and Nick DiVigilio. One of the greatest progressive conceptual albums of the 2000s is with us once again. www.amarinsplight.net Out through Lone Wolf Music. False Set have released their debut album, We Follow or Lead the Way. Available for download and stream, visit falseset.co. Hey everybody, it's Mark Zonder with A to Z with the first exclusive Australian interview with Prog Rock Digital. Well, we're back. Ray Balderrama, Ray Alder, as we know you from Fate's Warning, Redemption, A through Z, and now Figure of Speechless. How are you, man? I'm good, man. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Ray, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on Prog Rock Digital. Now, you're here promoting the Figure of Speechless album, Tunnel at the End of the Light. Now, that is due to be released September the 2nd, out through Unfolded Records. What's the overall feeling like at uh, Figure of Speechless uh, camp, if you like? Uh, good so far. Everyone's excited. I mean, um, I know everyone's busy touring uh, Bumblefoot and uh, uh, Derek. Is, they're, out, yeah, they're out with um, Sons of Apollo. Um, and uh, yeah, everyone's everyone's happy about, about the work. Everyone's really... Uh, excited about it i mean especially yeah i'm, I'm uh i don't normally do uh like side projects really but um Derek contacted me and and uh you know i listened to i said well 
it was funny because I said, yeah, you know, well, let me hear some stuff and I'll give you an answer. Um, and, uh, he ended up sending me a lot of stuff and said, okay, well, this is what it's going to be. And this and that. I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. I didn't say yes yet, man. Like I say, but I heard the first song, um, uh, damn it. I think it was Dysutopia. I can't remember now. It was so long. It was over a year ago, I think. Um, and I really dug it. I thought it was really cool as, you know, sort of, I didn't think it was that proggy. I thought it was more, I don't know. It had an edge to it, but um, Tony Franklin did a great job. I remember his bass lines were just rad and knowing that, 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 that Glenn wrote everything was really, really cool. So, so I jumped on and it was a, it was a fun project. It was, it was a lot of work actually on this album. I think I did more vocals than I normally do on any album. To be honest with you. Yeah, man. And look, if I if I recall correctly, um, the, the the last project band or, or album that you worked on, whereby you were communicating a lot of information to the end user or end listener, was Redemption. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, interesting. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of information coming through here uh, via your, your your vocals. Um, as opposed to say fate's warning where um it was somewhat you know uh, there's a little more air yeah there's a little more room yeah yeah so yeah speak. yeah yeah now ray you stated that you were approached by uh, derek sherinian whom we know obviously through you know sons of apollo dream theater and so forth how does it feel working with glenn mcmaster you know having that aussie connection if you like it was, it was cool, man. It was actually really cool. It, when we first started, I think we went for maybe a month uh, or so without even talking, just emails and texts. And, uh, you know, obviously I had questions of about changing things. Maybe I would change something here or there. And, um, and he was very cool with it. Like, you know, he's, you know, yeah. So basically sometimes he would have a melody and I would think maybe this would work better, but I would always ask him first if, if he was cool with that. And he, and he was, and I think in the end, uh, uh, the, the product was, uh, it was way more than satisfactory. I think it's actually really good. I, I like what he wrote. And, uh, obviously again, I wouldn't have worked on it if I didn't like it. So, um, yeah, he, he's a, he's a good songwriter. I hope he does another one. Honestly. So how did Glenn come up with the name a figure of speechless? You'd have to ask him, honestly. Because, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the songs were, most of the songs were written by the time I got, um, as I was working on the songs, he he came up with a couple more. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, you, you would have to ask Glenn. He's the, the creative mastermind behind everything. Yes, yes, of course. So, would I be right in saying the album was recorded remotely? Mm-hmm. Seems the way to go now. I mean, with COVID being what it was, and um, you know, in that two and a half year span, so many things um, changed. Obviously, no one was able to tour. Um, that was horrible because I don't know if, if most people understand, but you know being a musician that is part no, it's actually most of your income is from touring mm, yeah yeah so um you know we got lucky fates we had an album we ended up finishing that album um 
you know, normally I'll go to a studio or I'll, I'll actually fly to the States and record there at Jim's studio. But um, I was able to record it here. And uh, uh, which is actually an interesting story. I don't know if you want to hear it or not, but of course, man. Uh, <clears throat> The the lockdown in Spain was really bad. I don't know how bad it was in Australia, but here it was severe. Like you couldn't leave the house unless you had to go to the grocery store and then you had to wait in line uh, and you're only allowed, you know, one person at a time. You could only leave the house by yourself and to walk the dog and whatever. So you, you couldn't leave your, as we say, barrio. You couldn't leave your neighborhood. Um, you only had to stay in your neighborhood. So they had police uh, outside, uh, you know, near the freeways. So if you tried to get on the highway, they would stop you and say, where are you going? What's your reason? It was really bad. So, um, in order to record the fates album, the only way you could move around Spain was it, you could, you could actually move, you could move your house, which was the weirdest thing. So what I did was I moved to a studio. I, I had the paperwork drawn up and the lease agreement and everything. And I moved to a studio and I actually slept in the, in the in the vocal booth it was pretty horrible yeah that's for two weeks i slept in a vocal booth on a cot but we got the album done and you know after that i said you know fuck this i'm i'm gonna upgrade my home studio and um, that's what i did so now i, I record from home I don't have to move around anymore and i actually like it i can kind of take my time and i'm a bit of a perfectionist so to speak so I probably drive a few engineers pretty crazy, you know, you know, they, you know, that's fine. I'm like, yeah, but it could be better. Or, you know, I, had, I didn't like the little lisp at the end, you know? So here I, I can, I could do my own thing. And that's how it was with, with Glenn's thing. I sort of took my time and, um, you know, I would send everything to him after it was finished and, um, you know, he was a producer. So, you know, it was all up to him. If he didn't like something, of course I would change it. And, um, but uh, you know that was that was really cool. So everything was recorded here in my little home studio, and um, everyone, uh, Derek, everyone now has their own home studios. That's that's how it is now. You know, it's not like the '90s anymore, where you go and spend two thousand dollars a day um, to be in a studio anymore. It's kind of sad because I, I really miss those days. I think that creativity part. Um, is is somewhat lacking you know maybe things could be better if we all got together in the studio again and you know brainstormed or so to speak you know instead of hearing the after not the, not the um not the process so um that's changed but i guess we're gonna have to get used to it because that's 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 not even the future that's the now but uh no, we're not Beyonce. We do if we still don't go to studios, you know, like you know, we all have our own little thing now. So um So I take it you're not sleeping in a vocal booth now. No, no, no. <laughs> no, I have my own studio, my own room. It's, it's actually really nice. Yeah. So man, how about a a quick weather report from Spain from Madrid? I hear it's pretty hot there, man. I don't think it's as bad as Australia, but for Spain um this year it is fucking brutal man like it started in june it never does that i don't know global warming whatever you want to call it but it's never happened and and it seems like from everything i've read that the summers in in europe are are beginning earlier and lasting longer last like 10 years 
but this year, man, I just, I, I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. I, I was dying, you know, here. I mean, I don't know. You guys use Celsius or Fahrenheit? Celsius, man. Yeah. Okay. So I'm an American, so we use Fahrenheit, but I'm getting, slowly getting used to the Celsius. But here it was like 41, 42 for, for like two weeks. That's Jeez. unheard of. Jeez, man. That's, that's like, uh, of, you know, man. Arizona, Vegas weather. Dude, it was yeah, unbelievable, but man, yeah. So we got over that. Now it's it's slowly coming down. But either way, man, I'm just I'm I'm from Texas, which is really bad. But I lived most of my life in Los Angeles, so that's what I'm used to. You know, I'm used to 25 top. Yeah, man. Yeah, blue skies. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So yeah, anyway, it's yeah. <laughs> all right now. And the, the funny thing is, is here recording in my studio. I can't have the air conditioning running. So, so I'm in here sweating like you know, it's, it's unbelievable, but it gets done anyway. Well, man, look in in chatting with our our mutual friend Mark Zonder, um, I established obviously earlier in the piece that you previous to or prior to moving to Spain, you were living in Hollywood, um, just off La Brea you know, Sincomore, La Brea. And the reason why I, yeah. I, I have an understanding of that is because I, I've ridden the, the, the rapid, rapid, you know, the rapid bus that goes through the, um, the city there. Um, so it, yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's really, it's really interesting, man, that, um, you know, each and every time that I, I went into Hollywood, um, you know, you, you know, just, just knowing now that you were living just off, off La Brea, um, is 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 bloody interesting, man. You know, so <laughs> <laughs> so man, do you miss living in the US yeah. and and I guess you know LA Hollywood? I do, I do miss it. It was actually La Brea and Wilshire is where I lived. Aha, uh-huh, okay, man. Yep, Miracle yep. Mile. Yeah, actually, <laughs> but you know the, the the La Brea tar pits. I was like yep, three yep. blocks away from. Mm-hmm. That. <laughs> I lived there for 21 years in the same apartment. I lived there for 21 years. Yeah, I do miss it. I miss, you know, there's a lot of things getting, I've been here now for six years, but it's, um, it's still, you know, getting used to stuff. You know, the, the siesta was the one thing that drove me crazy. Everything closes at two o'clock for three hours. Everything doesn't make any sense to me. And then on holidays, everything's fucking closed. Everything. You can't even, you, you can't even get a loaf of bread. It's 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 unbelievable to me, but you know it's just not the American way, which is more and more and more. You know, everyone has to work. You know, there's no days off, there's no vacations. But uh, the other thing is like the food that you could get in LA. You know, like I like I like burritos from a food truck. It's impossible. Mm. You know, like yeah, yeah, Tex-Mex kind of food, just different things like that. Yeah, and those things do exist, but it's in the center of Madrid. We live like on the outskirts. Uh, yeah, we're, we're, you know, there's more space that we're here. Um, but those kind of things, yeah, I, I do miss, but, um, I'm, I'm, I'm used to it now here, I guess it's, uh, it's home, you know? <laughs> so does that make you a soccer fan now? Are you a soccer fan? I am not. Ooh, I, I am not. No. Yeah. Sorry. I'm not really a sports fan. I don't mm. think, you know, I think, I, I don't know. I can speak for myself, but I don't think a lot of most musicians are sports fans. Maybe they are. I don't know, but uh, I think we think differently. I, I was like a Spurs, a basketball uh, fair weather fan for a while, and then they started losing all their good players, and I just didn't care anymore. So, and growing up in Dallas, I was a Dallas Cowboys fan, which I now again I don't care. 
But uh, it is fascinating to watch how people are so into football here. It's, well, Europe, I guess, or the rest of the world. It's just the United States that doesn't give a shit, you know? It's funny. But, you know, and and here in our neighborhood, uh, you can hear when there's big games. The entire neighborhood, it's, it's all apartments, like high-rise apartments. Uh, and when there's a big game, you can literally hear the entire neighborhood. <sighs> it's crazy, dude. And it's actually really cool. I think it's really, really cool. Except for the explosions. I don't know if they make their own fireworks or something, but there's a... And that's kind of weird, but um, the, the the camaraderie, you know, just, I don't I don't think they have the the hooligans here in Spain like they do. And uh, is that an Australian thing too, or is that just an English thing? Nah, not really here, man. I mean, it's it's basically Australian rules football here, man. So soccer or, or football, as you as you're saying, is is um, yeah somewhat restricted. Really, I thought it was. Huh. But yeah, look, as you said, it's it's probably conducive to far more conducive to to the European uh, market. Yeah, South um, America. And yeah. South America, yeah, yeah. The the Maracan. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, from that perspective, I massive. Had a, I had a, it's, a, it's a stupid story, but when I was living in LA, there was the big game. I don't know what it was, World Cup. I think it was Germany and Brazil or somebody. I don't know. And um the cable guy came. Uh, or I had direct TV, satellite TV. So the guy had to come to fix it for some reason. I don't know what the hell it was. And um, he's in the living room and, and, he, and I, I leave and I come back and he's sitting on the coffee table watching the television. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> I go, what are you doing? He's like, oh, oh I'm sorry, man. It, it's the World Cup. I go, oh, all right, go ahead. <laughs> and we, both, we both sat there and watched the World Cup game for like 30 minutes. Wow. And, you know, the cable guy with all his tools and shit. It was funny. It was really funny as hell. And then and I think that was when Germany beat the crap out of Brazil or mm-hmm. something. It was like seven to seven to one or something like that. Like it was the biggest upset in the world. Mm. Anyway, I got to see it with the cable guy. So that's it. That's that's my story. So <laughs> well, Ray, look, you you seem to be in demand, or should I say, you seem to be in demand post um, COVID, maybe even during COVID. But as an outsider, I, I I'm seeing a lot of uh, interest in in Ray Alder. Um, as a as a side solo musician, if you like, would you say your dealings with Engine and the Engine project in, in the late nineties paved the way for your your interest now in 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 doing things outside of Fate's Warning? I, I think so. I, yeah, because it was my first like venture outside of Fate's Warning. Um, you know, besides when I first started with local bands doing covers and whatnot, and um, I had two other bands before Fates with original songs, um, but we never put out an album. Um, but that was cool. And then joining Fates and being with Fates for so long, and then you know we would have breaks in between. It, it got to the, that that stage where, um, you know, we would do an album every year or two in the beginning, then every three, then every four, then five. You know, it. So there was a, a you know, I wouldn't say it was a means to an end but it was something I wanted to do. And I did like heavy music when I was younger, you know, I was totally into like machine head and deft tones and uh Testament, like nuclear soul. Like that was, uh, that's what I listened to when I was at home or in my car. Um, and so I wanted to do something a little heavier than, than what Fates was doing. Uh, 
So that was fun. And then I kind of, you know, well, I kind of, I did grow up uh, and got older and my, 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 my interests uh, in music changed. Um, so yeah, that, that was my first venture out. And then, you know, and then fates, we had that whole break for a while. And then I did the redemption thing. And then I kind of wanted to move on to something else. It wasn't really proggy, you know? Um, and then, you know, we all did the, the, the theories of flight album, uh, darkest of a different light Theories of flight. We did this last one, long day, good night. And so we've been pretty busy for the last six years doing those things. Um, and in the middle of that, I don't know. I actually don't know really why I was like, I want to do a solo album, you know, cause living in, in Spain, like, you know, uh, my sole income is music. That's, that's all I do. So, um, I had to do something and uh, I guess that was the reason why, but, but it was cool. It was fun to work with Mike and, and, and Craig, um, Craig Anderson is one of my best friends in the world um, playing drums. And, uh, and Tony was my friend here in, in Spain. So that was cool. It was, it was definitely cool. And again, it's like, I don't really want to do um, side projects with, 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 you know, like a hired gun kind of thing. Um I don't frown upon it, but it's just not, it's not my favorite thing. Um, but, you know, again, with Glenn's, it was, it was really cool. I dug the music. So I, I really, I, I did it. And um, then that was really cool. So uh, I actually did another thing with um guy from six feet under uh, the bass player. I did one song for him actually. Yeah. And uh, I think that, I don't know when that comes out. I, I'm sorry, I can't remember his name right now because that was, again, it was like a year ago. Um, but, you know, I kind of find it cool to now, I guess, to do different things with different people because it just, I don't know, it doesn't really open doors, but it's more interesting. It keeps it interesting for me, at least, to see where I can go. And, um, you know, it's it's something I wouldn't, write for myself music wise but it's still interesting enough for me to, to want to work on it um so it's sort of a challenge i guess you would say um so you know yeah maybe there's more down the line who knows mm. now with regards to the album um obviously it's got 11 tracks thus far you've released uh, two singles day and night as well as inside room six now would you say these two tracks capture the overall sound of the band or is it a little more cryptic than that no i i think it's it's a good representation of what the album's like again i i don't even know if glenn really calls it very prog really but um it just seems like everything my my name on is is called prog and it, you know like we, the new a through z album we just did they're they're calling it prog it's not fucking prog it's in four the almost the entire thing's in four it doesn't make sense so i don't anyway but um i like what glenn did it, it's really interesting so there's something he does play in four four but it's you know maybe it's four twelve four eight you know it, but it's really cool the way that it comes across but I think it's a, a really good representation of of um, of the album so far. I mean, there's there's songs like "Tunnel at the End of the Light" and, and uh, uh, "Cast Out," which is another really cool song. Um, just interesting stuff. I really really dig it. It's it's um, I'm, I'm happy again that I did it. And again, Glenn, if you're listening, do another one, man. 
now look, your 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 vocal style, your range has has changed, um, and and if you like, it, it really has uh, evolved over time. What would you say your your vocal approach on this album has been like? I think on on this album, I sang higher than I normally ever would. Um, I mean, but I, I'm going to be 55 this Saturday is my birthday. Oh, actually. oh. so my happy birthday, man! Happy old as fuck. So yeah, my my voice obviously changed in my 30s. My voice began to change, and I um, I ended up going to this doctor in in LA, Doctor Joseph Sugarman, actually, a really famous um, otolaryngologist in LA. And um, I actually, uh, John Bush actually went to him as well. I, I referred John to him and other people. Um, but, uh, you know, I was like wondering what's happening with my voice. And, and he was like, well, you know, first of all, you're getting older. No, no one's voice ever really stays the same, especially if you smoke and you drink and, you know, you eat spicy foods. You need to stop all that. And I said, well, I want to just fucking kill myself then because kind of what I do. <laughs> You know, and so he says, you know, well, it's just going to not get worse, but it's not going to get better. It's just it is what it is, you know. So um, I, I started to change my style again at that time. Obviously, I couldn't sing the high notes anymore, uh, which, I, you know, at first I was I was really, really down about it. To be honest with you. You know, it's like, shit, that's just kind of was my style. But then I got used to my voice and, and it sort of, you know, um, I like where I am now. I really do. You know, I, I think, I think it's better than it was. Now I, I, I think I'm a better singer just because I scream really high. doesn't make me a better singer, you know, but I think I found my, my, my real voice. And, um, I think that shows on this album. I think, um, again, there's like four part harmonies on there. There's, there's some tracks where there's like eight tracks of vocals. Um, so I really, um, I, I don't know. I kind of went above and beyond what I would normally do uh, on this album. And uh, I, I hopefully it shows to everybody else. But um, a lot of the melodies were were Glenn's. But of course, I tried to make them my own. Again, like I said earlier, I would talk to Glenn and say, what do you think about this? And, and he was all for it. Um, it was a, a pleasure to work with, to be honest with you. Um, so, yeah, I think... Uh, uh, hopefully it, it comes across on this album. Let's see what, what people think. So, man, be, best of luck with the album. Um, can I ask, and just as a side note, I guess, and, and in ending our conversation here today, how are things at Fate's Warning and, uh, you know, uh, are you guys uh, on a break or what's what's happening now? I would say that's definitely on a hiatus at the moment. Um Everyone's kind of taken on other projects. Obviously, you know, Joey Vera's an armored saint. And now he's in Merciful Fate. Uh, he's with Pearl the Day's band. Um, Joey's in like five different bands. Uh, I said Joey, right? Yeah, Joey Vera's in like five different bands. Bobby is now playing with George Strait, one of the biggest country stars in America. And they're playing um, like arenas. They do like 30,000 people a night. So I don't think he's really ready to leave that gig to go on tour with us. Um, 
and we're not going to ask him either. And it's like his dream job. He actually loves country music. It's funny as shit, but he actually, he's from San Antonio. He's from Texas. So he loves country music. Um, and Jim's doing side project or doing solo projects. I'm doing solo projects. I'm just finishing up. Actually, today I'm going to finish the last song on my solo album. Uh, I think I have like two lines left to sing. And um, and then I'm moving on to something else. And it's it's kind of, it's um, it's a blessing and a curse. Because right now, uh, you know, I have things that are overlapping. Um, having to say no to other things to go on to something else. Um, and I've never had that in my life. I've never, you know, I've just been with fates and I'm happy just, you know, but, uh, I'm busier than I ever have been the last, the last three years. I'm busier than I ever have been. And, uh, I wouldn't say I like it, but, um, you know, pays the bills. And, and, uh, again, it's nice to be creative and, and now I have my home studio, so I don't even have to leave my damn house, which is kind of a drag, but it's cool. I do I do miss traveling. I'll tell you that. I really I really miss going on the road and, and seeing my friends. And uh, I miss the guys in Fates terribly. I really do. But um, maybe somewhere down the line, we'll get back together. We'll see. 